0: Greetings, true believers, and welcome to episode 69 of the Polis Podcast, a bi weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. My name is Chris Poirier, and with me, as always, is the one, the only, I don't have a creative response for this week, Hector. I also have a non creative response for your vague introduction. Hi. <laughs> that seems accurate. That's Hector. I'm Chris. So you know what that means. It's time to strap yourselves in and prepare yourselves for—we've got comic Sign. I put the word out.
1: For
0: on today's episode of the poll list, we've got a great show for you. We're gonna hit the latest news that you need to know. Our must-poll recommendations from the past two weeks or so—we've been on track, so it's mostly past two, yes, weeks. It's past our two fav- weeks. Yeah, our favorite, yeah. It's, it's been that way. So our new fave number ones and so much more. This is The Pull List Podcast. <laughs> Stepping into the high-tech, high-powered newsroom, uh, we've, we've got lots of stuff or things that might be at least talkable um, beyond poking fun at. DC and Marvel's summer events which I still don't want to talk about Um, but we are going to talk about DC and I think we mentioned it's got to be three four episodes ago now like there was the sprinklings of something was happening on the back of Warner Brothers lot and it wasn't the Animaniacs I was about um, to say it was the Warner <laughs> Brothers um, and Sister Dot um, so I would welcome. actually trust
1: Dot over most Warner Brothers leadership
0: so let's talk about that um, so Warner Brothers has been acquired sold etc so many times you know AT&T was in there in the mix Warner Brothers got in the mix DC got procured um, they shook up the snow globe and threw it at the wall, fired people, moved people around, said digital really loud. Everybody kind of nodded and I, know, went back to what what they were doing.
1: Let me just say this one thing, and we, I know it's jumping the gun to one of the pools, but oh, just sure. to say this, the fact that... Oh, uh-huh. you, I bet you have... It's the same thing. Um, that yep. <laughs> Flashpoint Beyond opens... To a chalkboard with Batman sitting in front of it, where it says 5 yep. G averted," <laughs> and I'm like, right,
0: and it's and it's crossed out.
1: And It's crossed out. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you do swaffles,
0: like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's lean into into that reality and just be like, huh, we, we're acknowledging that this is a thing. So Five G is now actually continuity in the fact that it didn't happen.
1: <laughs> but that's also very negative and ugly towards you know Didio on a no. I agree, way. and I was like, that's disrespectful.
0: Yeah. It's okay, Dan. We still love you. Absolutely. Um so anyway, yeah, there's a lot to this. It is the short version, I suppose, of the conversation. And but anyway, so the latest with Discovery now being technically the top parent. I'm losing track, but that that's what I think is happening here. Yes. So yes, the the people that bring you Discovery Channel and endless specials on the Second World War and aliens, um are the controlling interest, and they're like, cool, we, we are shaking the snow globe. And uh, everybody and their cousin freaked out. Like, at time of recording, this happened within 24 hours. So everybody's still kind of doing their hot take. Um, but they released kind of their bigger plans for the world of WB, what HBO Max is doing, and DC. And a lot of people noticed that the one thing they didn't talk about like at all, um, was the publishing division at DC, which had a bunch of comic book creators going, uh, "We we still work here." <laughs> um, but that said, a lot of them also are like, "We th- we think we think stuff's coming." Um, the answers, or at least input on what's going on, is coming, or we hope it's coming, because the rest of the conversation was a continuation of, "Well, we've got really cool IP." And this is the one thing that did get said out loud um, during this press conference, or at least press release, was that, you know what, Um, we're going to not license our DC property anymore. We're going to bring it entirely back in-house and maintain it. What was being licensed, like the WB stuff? Well, that's what I was trying to figure out, honestly, but I'd have to dig deeper into looking at what was technically licensed outside of RIP proper and... What wasn 't, but it makes me wonder if maybe there was a lot of stuff that 's on the drawing board that we don 't know about that they're like, yeah, that's a bad idea <laughs> um, because if you recall d c and Marvel kind of in the middle of covid were kind of like well how how do we how do we money make without without print publishing <laughs> that there was a second that both companies very seriously looked at the we are literally throwing money at a printing press, and we 're not sure it's working." Um, and some of the solutions was to license off the print side of the business, um, to either an IDW or a dark horse or a Titan type company that, you know, lives in licensing. And Marvel tested those waters with a lot of the, um, young, young adult and, uh, children's books, um, that were coming out from IDW for a while. Um, and that stopped recently. That kind of just stopped and everyone went, wait, what happened? Um, So it could be stuff involved in that. But basically from what we've seen and what I've seen a few folks talk about is we don't know what's going to happen at the publishing division. We still don't technically know what's going to happen. But there does seem to be a doubling down on, well, the HBO Max thing is working really well for us. That Peacemaker is really, really great. And like literally the executives at Discovery are saying this. They're like, you need to do more of that. Um, you And they also said, hey, um, last time I checked, DC's Empire is built on Superman, right? So give us more Superman. And I found myself saying, huh, that's either out of context brilliant or quite possibly one of the more ignorant things I've heard an executive taking on DC's um, platform because those of us out here in comic book world know we, we've tried to reinvent, reslate, retell Superman a lot in the last decade. And it's gone, eh. And I don't know if that's just, every time we've tried, we've just not gotten the stories that have stuck and that's really a creative and editorial oops. Or if just America's kind of overhearing that story. Well, America, I mean, the fact that
1: I think the response to changing Superman's motto shows mm. that America is not unified by the concept of Superman the way they once were.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's probably fair. And what's strange is where Batman succeeded at creating kind of an extended universe. You know, we got the Bat Family. Um, even on other sides of DC, we got the Shazamly that when Superman kind of started doing that, there were a couple things that went really well. Like super sons went pretty well, as far as I'm concerned. I enjoyed that book. Um, Yeah, I know, but super sons went well because of Damien. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Maybe, maybe my brain did just, just file that that way. It's like, Hey, but there's a, okay, you're, you're not wrong.
1: (laughs) Connor or sorry. Jonathan was a generic super, symbol wearing anybody that could have been anybody. Mm. You can replace Connor so, with any other superhero's kid as long as he right. as, long as he is, he's a submissive to Damien.
0: That's it. Yep. We're yep. See we're, we're going to get added at for that. And you're not on the platform that I'm going to get added at for that. That's not fair. Um, so, yes, you can file all
1: your complaints with my opinions with Chris on Discord, and I will hear them
0: <laughs> via Chris, uh, and it'll it'll be great. Um, so, yeah, but I'm not wrong. No, I don't think you're wrong. Jonathan is a great
1: character, but nobody cared that it was Jonathan. But And you know why nobody cared it was Jonathan? Because you look at how they're treating Superman, son of Jor-El, or Kal-El now. Yeah. Mm. It's like, while it's good, Tom Taylor's writing for it is fine. People don't take him as Superman, and they won't. And, like, they still look at him as, like, you just time-warped Superboy so that you could have
0: layers and still not functional. Yeah. So that's where we're kind of at, that Discovery is doing something there. And here's here's the other piece. This is the important piece. And so I took the primary source because Variety actually pushed this. Um, and Bleeding Cool obviously pushed this as well, but they pushed it with like an outlandish theory that – i'm going to mention now because i think it's it is at least valid to the conversation but we have no evidence of it is that on top of all these changes that are potentially coming the main message from discovery's leadership is that they are going to do a three billion dollar cost savings across the enterprise that was three as b is in billion um cuts which means somebody gonna lose their job um And they didn't really outline where that was coming or what was happening. So theory coming from the spin masters at Bleeding Cool is that this is a massive reconsolidation of the entire company so that they can resell all of it or parts of it. And most of us want to dismiss that, but from a portfolio of companies approach, That is unfortunately kind of what big corporations do when they want to restructure something to make a lot more money, is you cut it down to its bones, you restructure its primary business lines to do the things that it's supposed to do really well, and then ask for a junk load of money, cash out, bro down, as South Park says. I'm kind of hopeful that that's not the case, (laughs) Um, because I don't think anything good happens in the publishing division if that's the case over the next year. And as we'll talk about when we get to it, um, because we have to talk about the Flashpoint Beyond and the DC continuity thing that's currently happening, that I'm still finding myself buying less and less books every week. And that's not a good look. So, yeah.
1: I think I bought more books. I think I bought a steady amount of books over the last two weeks. But, like, you know it's a lot of that's testing the waters and when i'm dipping my toe in stuff lately my toe's not going back
0: in yep also also true um so yeah dc and stuff so yeah let's let's talk about some of the other cool stuff there is good stuff going on sorry uh, doom and gloom opening um but let's talk about some of the cool things uh matt kent uh who you've heard on this wonderful program before Um, is getting his own imprint at Dark Horse. And if you feel like you've heard this story before, it's because you did, but with Kevin Smith's name. Uh, So Dark Horse is handing off imprint status to some pretty big names to create their own little universes, get an imprint, have editorial control, and produce good independent comics. I don't hate it. In fact, I love it. In fact, it's so funny because we're basically doing the 1990s all over again um, because once upon a time, everybody did have like 47 imprints so that creatives could have control and do stuff, and then they consolidated editorial control. Um, So I guess what's old is new again, but I'm for it because maybe this means we get kind of creative new content uh, out of some pretty nifty folks. So, yeah. That's pretty nifty.
1: Um, it also feels to me like lazy comic production <laughs> because to it, an extent because no, no shade just on a like production level, it comes across to the idea of you get content creators to have or you get big names to yes. produce their own content and let you stick your label on it. Which means you've got your A running off celebrity status, B yeah. you don't actually have to be responsible for your own crea- content creation, C you reap the benefits of it, but if it doesn't work out, you can just drop them and then hook line and sinker some other celebrity who thinks they can write comics. So
0: here's the thing, um, and let's let's be fair. First of all, Matt Matt is a comic guy. Oh, absolutely, and so is Kevin. Um, right, um, but. I did have this conversation in my local shop yesterday of, all things looking at it, um, this is basically the new exclusivity, right? That all these companies said, oh, we're going to stop having exclusives with um, content creators. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of these companies start introducing independent imprints from people that you would originally have been signing exclusive agreements with. And I think the change, though subtle, is the fact that you just kind of outlined in the middle there is exclusivity still put the editorial um, requirements on the company. So when it didn't do well, it was still on them because they paid the money to secure that exclusivity. They paid the money to edit and control story. This time it's like, okay, you're going to publish with us. And right, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And bye. So, interesting. Um, I think the next one, I'm going to... We've talked about the DC continuity. The it, It's called the Divine Continuum, but I'm going to talk about it in my polls. Um, so, yes, DC is redefining their continuity, sort of, kind of, but not really. Um, more more to be continued later in the podcast. Um. But we do want to talk about Webtoon again. Yeah, and
1: I, I saw that, but then, then in the light of the sale, I'm like, what? Well, I don't even know
0: anymore. Um. <laughs> right. Um, but it could be a good sign. It actually does kind of fall in line with what they want because, again, remember, it's considered digital content, so they're not worrying about their publishing division and everything. It's not – well, is it a license? It's not technically a license, I don't think. I think DC still controls yeah. the storytelling and everything, um, but this becomes a platform for them to push their content. So Webtoon, a digital um, comics, web comics uh, platform, is picking up three specific DC titles, stories, etc. cetera. So uh, Red Hood, uh, Zatanna, and Vixen are going to have multiple types of stories and storytellings that are going to be, far as I know, exclusive to webtoons and yes, webtoon exclusive. So so, there's a few things that are important there that it means the only way you will get those stories is by being over there on webtoons and, and digital reading and everything, but they are new stories from those spaces. Um, well, I I don't know about the Vixen
1: end, but I, you know, I did more homework on the Red Hood end. Um, uh,
0: as i expected as you
1: expected this will be a continuation of the red hood and the outlaws storyline with artemis bizarro and red hood which was my personal favorite and i was very sad to see that go and now i'll be able to get more red hood bizarro and artemis in that way and i'm actually really pumped about that
0: and that just makes hector happy inside Um, so definitely be on the lookout for that stuff. Uh, let me see. Do we have dates? Double checking real quick to see if we have dates. Otherwise it's one of those. Keep a lookout. It's a coming. Um, (laughs) I, it looks like May. So summer, May, June, July ish for most of those books to hit, um, or digital content to hit. And finally, we want to give you an update on the DC Round Robin um, tournament. So turning over to our sports desk, I guess. Um, No? Yeah. It's like today on the court. um, Okay. uh, For the record, bro,
1: I don't know. This is the podcast that you want to trust that people are sportsy enough to know what Round Robin is because they probably know more of the (laughs) comics end than that. (laughs)
0: Right, so it's 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 Damien and and Dick Grayson fighting for supremacy. No, it's not. Um, Round it's robin basic- is
1: me in a Tim Drake costume. <laughs> it's, it's good though. Um, I'm like Ned Spider Man. It's
0: okay. He's right. He got jokes. It's good. Um, okay. Well. I I feel like most people at least know what the NCAA March Madness, you know, everybody fills out a bracket type thing, right? Um, So that's what's happened. There's a bracketing working from the original. It's 12? No. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 16. Of the kind of pitches of random DC continuity stories and everything. And there was all kinds of crazy stuff on the list, but we are now down to Constantine and the Demon, Vacation from Hell, Suicide Squad Dark, Superboy, The Man of Tomorrow, and Green Lantern, The Light at the End of Forever. Is it literally
1: called The Light at the End of Forever? Yep. Oh, I'd actually I, <laughs> that sounds more interesting
0: than I thought it would. Well, there's a, there were a couple other Green Lanterns earlier in, in the contest, um, but that's the one that has found itself forward. So we'll keep an eye on it and let you know if anything changes, updates. Um, we should be seeing soon what DC actually is going to give us, um, and that's going to be great. It's going to be good times. So that is what you need to know, and that's a lot because – industry stuffs. Um, but that's our biweekly look at the industry and delivering you some of the inside knowledge. As always, you can join in on that conversation with Hector and I and all of your other nerdy friends over on the Love Thy Nerd Discord, not Hector, and Facebook, lots of Hector. And you can begin your geeky adventure with us. Tell us what you liked, what you hated, or possibly what we even missed. And this week, we probably missed stuff because the, the DC shakeup is kind of... There's, there's a lot there, right? Um there's a lot of depression
1: there because it's like can (laughs) can we can we at least have like two months of dc (laughs) not sucking before you know the world gets upended i'm like batman's still technically in theaters and doing well and y'all can't even let it hit hbo max before you go pooping in our cornflakes please and thank you stop
0: (laughs) please stop the rest of us would like to catch up um And honestly, I think deep down there's a bunch of creators that are like, I'm also tired of like the entire fan base being like, what's happening? And us being like, oh, stuff. Uh, So, yeah. You are listening to the Pollist Podcast. Hey,
1: everyone. I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith in Fandom 180. LTN Radio. So this past weekend I had a fun experience. I was watching TV with my family and I got a notification in my email that I had a small sum of money going into my Square account. If you're not familiar, Square is the little doodad that you swipe uh, credit cards and stuff on your phone, like if you're selling stuff someplace. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Why did money go in my Square account? And it hit me. Oh, yeah, I have an online store. And let me just tell you, I am terrible at my online store because I'll go to a Comic Con, sell shirts and books and stickers and stuff, and I will not update my inventory. I have no idea what's actually listed on my website right now. And I absolutely uh, reap the consequences of that because someone took the time to go to my website, shop around, and ordered a book that I don't actually have any copies for. And so I uh, (laughs) uh, just was not prepared. Just absolutely wasn't. And I started weighing my options. Do I tell this person, hey, sorry, I don't actually have any. Uh, Do I buy one on Amazon at full price and then turn around and mail it to this guy so that he can get the book? Or, you know, what do I do? So I realized that at one of the churches that I've partnered with, they had bought a bunch of copies of this book to give to their students. And I was like, hey, pastor, can I have one of those back? And he brought me one. And, you know, all worked out in the end, but, you know, I just wasn't ready for what was actually going to be asked of me. And I think a lot of Christians are in that place. And, Luke 14 verses 28 through 30, it says, suppose one of you is building a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. There's a lot of us that have signed up to actually follow Jesus and we're not actually aware of what we've committed to. What he's asking of us And we're going to be caught off guard when he actually calls to collect what we've signed up for to serve and to follow. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me.
0: You are listening to The Poll Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mirai, part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. To the comics! So yeah, Hector, tell, tell us a little bit about what got your mojo running for this week and looking over your polls. Um, shocked face, but I'll let you lay it out and see if our, our loyal listeners catch on oh no did i do a thing i mean technically for you i would consider yeah you just got it yourself
1: yeah i just (laughs) got it myself
0: oops yeah Um, all
1: right this is a no dc week for me um yeah you heard it here first missed that one cool cool um (laughs) cool 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 um you're not wrong uh so for me not not only that but um Oh, look at me. I'm fancy. Um, right. Uh, I not only is it a DC week, it is also an all female driven. Lead yeah. week. So yes, yes, I'll, it is. Oh, I'm like, man, just look at me championing like you did it. Different leads. Um, so first off, my first pull is She-Hulk number three. Um, and. This is, it's not like a quick moving story, but it's just, uh, Jen getting back to her lawyer life. But literally, the day she becomes a lawyer again, a character I'd never heard of shows up on her doorstep, and she's literally been nurturing slash testing his powers while she's also doing her lawyer day job and trying to find fashionable clothing. Um, (laughs) I, there's a hero slash, uh, Destructive human being called Jack of hearts. Yes. Uh, who Wanda helped disassemble the Avengers with and blew uh, Jen up over Arizona or something. Um, but either way, this dude shows up on her doorstep, confused, depowered and like pseudo human for the first time. But literally the best parts of this book so far have been a strong character being gentle with broken people Mm. and i think that's my favorite part is like literally them sitting around just talking like there's at least three-fourths of this issue that's uh jen and the jack of hearts eating pizza and talking about who everyone else has said he is versus who he actually wants to be and it's just Super wholesome. It's encouraging. It's well-written. It's beautiful to look at. And, um, like, I don't know. I grew up in the 90s with that 90s era art where She-Hulk was just, I, I, I'm going to say this lovingly, but yeah. <laughs> um, uh, She-Hulk in the 90s was basically drawn to be eye candy. Mm-hmm. Like, in the same way that they gave us Marvel swimsuit issues. And like, right, like that kind of weird stuff. Because, like, I think my first cognizant memory of She Hulk was a Marvel swimsuit issue thing, like a trading card. Um, because why are you gonna package scantily clad superheroes in card format to 12 year olds? I digress. Um, <laughs> but like, this is just at her actually having a life and a direction and showing compassion. I just, I really enjoyed what they're doing with it. Um, and it makes me really hopeful for what's going to happen when homegirl from orphan black dons this role on the screen. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that, but she Hulk has been, um, a delight every step of the way. And, uh, yeah, I will keep reading this, um, officially. Um, Surprisingly to me, uh Electra number one hundred was really good. Did you pick that up? I did.
0: Didn't like it? I it I was like, I don't hate this. Um I liked elements of it. I almost put it on my list (laughs) because I was like, it was right up against some of the other stuff on my list for the week. Um because yeah, it there was a lot going on. Um and I think any time that she is mirrored against, with Typhoid Mary, interesting discussions come out of that, and this book did do that.
1: Yeah, and that, that's one of the things I liked. The The thing that, like, sold me, I was like, okay, this is going in my pools, was the dance thing. Um, yep. Uh, there is a subtext overlay narrative uh, discussing an intimate dance where you see Matt and Electra put on... Uh, suits and dresses but then like basically have a rooftop battle over um some very uh intimate dialogue or intimate like narration and it was just a beautiful piece of art like there's somebody that has been waiting years to put that one little sliver of a story on paper because that was a passion project is what it felt like to me um and then but so you've got a typhoid mary story you've got this intimate dance thing and then you've got a couple cute little cartoon like comic strip ish ones in the back um right to me some of the typhoid mary stuff was dope it's confusing in the light of everything else right now um yep because it does not fit a hundred like it touches on canon things but not touches on canon things and it's just kind of a a a toss up there um but it is good uh i i walked away saying okay i this does out of all the electra centered things i've purchased over the last year this does still feel one of like one of the most organic pieces
0: and i think the other piece of it for me kind of in the context was a lot of like milestone issues that end up being anthology ish or you know pulled out of the main out of the line to tell kind of a different story or it becomes almost like an annual um, that a lot of them for me just have fallen flat. Um, But this one, because they actually told a longer story and then like you said, it had like the smaller hits towards the end. um, I was like, Oh, you you didn't mess this up. And I I think that's why it didn't make it to mine was I, I wanted to acknowledge that something like this hit, um for me but that it was more so the you could have done much poorer and you didn't so congrats on being kind of good well it for me
1: if the if the book would have just been the dance thing it would have made my list anyway mm, yeah so everything else was just like you're also here with <laughs> um the eric klaus looking daredevil story or the electro right. story
0: right is that right. very... And that was, that was the other thing that stood out to me. I was like, I, I kind of dig this, but yep.
1: Um, so moving on with that, um, oh, look, more Marvel and more Daredevil. Um, D- Devil's Reign number six. Did you, did you make it here? No, but I know what happens. So, okay. Um, I say this with all the love. In my early morning heart um, I think I put this on my pull list Because I was glad it was over <laughs> I think that was
0: You You literally picked it up and said I'm seeing this one through I did, I picked it up so I'm seeing this
1: one through uh, And my, my biggest thing is I don't like predictability And <sighs> like A lot of this storyline felt like Very derivative, very predictable <laughs> and very much beating some old drums that just honestly didn't need to be beat. And, um, but you do end up with, yet again, another Typhoid Mary and Electra battle. Of course. Um, uh, where they're, you know, doing their shindig. Uh, you end up with, uh, Kilgrave's kids versus Kilgrave. Um... And you end up with Luke Cage being the sound voice of reason. Mm -hmm. And you end up with a Matt Murdock versus Kingpin fight where uh, everybody has to convince Matt not to kill Kingpin. Because apparently Matt is still super upset about his fictional brother being murdered that most of the world doesn't know exists.
0: And that literally spent a majority of his existence in this arc. Being the bane of Matt's existence,
1: yeah, um,
0: it, Mike.
1: <laughs> but so, just to let you know where this. So, in it, it, one of the fun things was I will say this: uh, they rickroll you <coughs> on what's happening because the whole world has just watched Wilson Fisk do some dirt and right. uh, some very powerful people that make Kingpin. I did enjoy the Stromwind thing through Zdarsky's arc. Um, There's some people that make Wilson Fisk look weak in terms of power and he Mm. hates
0: it. Yep. Um, Yeah. That's, that's usually not a good move on the Kingpin.
1: And uh, so after that one bathroom scene, good grief. Um, Right. Well, yep. Yeah. So after, after all is said and done uh, and the world has seen him be a douche waffle, uh, Mm. this, the hit, Uh, Wilson Fisk's uh, unpublicly acknowledged son teams up with the Stromwinds to get Wilson Fisk's dirt cleaned. But then also they drop the one thing that's worse than Mayor Fisk, President Fisk. Oh, no. Um, And they literally hold up a poster of Wilson Fisk as president and say, this is where we're going next no and i had president luthor vibes down my bones i'm like please god no i don't want this i might be out and like i had an internal monologue of like um (laughs) all these things but they're saying we'll make you president but you have to bend the knee and uh so then literally kingpin's like all right eff it and then just kills them (laughs) (laughs) oh Uh, he's like my, he said, my son is watching and he needs to know that a fisk bows to no one. And so he like, just, I don't know if he murders both strong ones, but he murders a strong one.
0: Well, it's on brand.
1: Right. And it was, it was like very, okay. That's, that's good fisk there. Um, but he, he basically murders them all. And, um, he said, uh, tell the cops it was me. Tell the cops I orchestrated all the drama in town. Tell the cops I killed the strong ones. Tell the cops I'm dirty as crap and that you took me out. Peace out. You're the new kingpin. I'm out. We.
0: <laughs> deuces.
1: He, he literally deuces. And him and Ty Ford Mary get on a boat and go on vacation. And they're like, we're done. We quit. So, and she's like, Wilson, we could stay and fight and reestablish. He's like, I don't need to. You're all I want screw everything else they can have it and are, are we are we supposed to feel good for him at this point <laughs> i don't know but they kind of ride that line um but they literally like you know have wilson fisk murder his enemies publicly fail as a supervillain, uh hand his son the case of the kingdom and then ride off with his uh they basically did the office season seven and they michael and hollied uh kingpin and typhoid mary And now what we're left with in Hell's Kitchen is the, you know, Michael (laughs) um, (laughs) D'Angelo leadership of Hell's Kitchen. Um, uh, Uh, But yeah. And so not only that, the world publicly knows that Matt Murdock is dead, but it's not Matt Murdock. So Matt Murdock is no longer exists in the public eye. And so he is free to go do handy stuff like hand like the ninja organization with uh electra so fisk and daredevil oh. are peacing out and he's gonna go help her do secret ninja worldy things so it's just like they basically ended devil's reign by saying all right you're all free to go <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you for participating in wanton just insanity
1: they're like um, they, we gave you superior wolverine superior hulk we gave you all the superheroes you love with Otto auto, auto Octavius' mind, and uh, now Luke Cage is mayor. God bless you and your family.
0: Peace. Peace. <laughs> and you just hear a thud in the background. <laughs> it's the like mic the microphone. The
1: Mike hits the stage, static, awkward, one person collapse, and it's Chip <laughs> And <laughs> Oh, no. So, yes, my friends, that but is definitely still... right.
0: still... But there's still a Daredevil book from Zdarsky coming, so all it, right.
1: There's a Daredevil book called Devil's Reign Omega.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And that's like I literally was reading my pollster this week, and I saw the advertisement for that. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I thought we were done. I thought we were free. At least Future State's sort of over, even though they keep making books. Please, DC, Warner Brothers, Discovery, whoever just bought this freaking company, please stop with Future State.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I saw that, and I almost turned to my shop guy and went, is that a reprint? And then I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, this is... Oh, there's, so we're
1: still doing this. There's still multiple new future state books. Please and thank you. Right. Stop, stop, stop. Unless you're giving us Wonder Girl, stop it.
0: Yeah, stop it. <laughs> okay. Um, <sighs> You good? Yeah, sure. Good. Well, starting with my polls then. Um, oh, hold on, I still have point. a poll. I still have a poll. Oh, you do? Oh, that's right. Oh, that would have been a great transition. You it would have been, been a great oh,
1: transition. I should have done it the other way. Um, yep. Yep. Uh, this was gonna be anticlimactic climactic too. Rain Book Four was nice, and it finished the story well. Of where they were so oh, wait. far, it's not so, over.
0: So the murder, the murderous sky, like had a had a good moment.
1: Well, no, it was still super murderous. Oh, um, okay, but uh, like uh, Oops. well, and, but it also did the, and I'm not even maybe it's a trope, I don't know, but they did the Walking Dead trope of the natural uh, enemy disaster thing that's destroying humanity. Isn't the worst of humanity,
0: right? It's us. It's
1: us. Yeah. Because, and on a, uh, religious slash social discussion, um, the main two characters of rain, Well, or sorry, the, the main character in rain is a woman named honeysuckle. Honeysuckle was engaged to another female. Um, her, the female is the first person to die in the rainstorm. I don't remember Mm. her name. Right, right, right. Um, uh, because she died like three seconds into the book. Um, her dad is a pastor, the girl who died. And her dad was still very loving and supporting to his daughter and her future spouse. Sure. Um, and he gave her a loving, encouraging letter about here's how you should love my daughter. And that letter is why this girl is literally walking across nails and raining sky to make sure this dude's OK. Hmm. So she makes it on foot. I don't know where they are at, but the thing is she makes it on foot with the entire world attacking her. She gets kidnapped at one point. Um, She makes it all the way to this dude's house. And a hardcore religious dude um, has tied that pastor to a fence and let him be rained on several times. Ooh. As judgment for loving his, uh, homosexual daughter. Uh, and then that follows through, um, with the story of how she responds to that and all the things, um, they wrap up book four well enough that book four literally could have been the end of the series and it would have been no. a worthy. Um, apparently there's a is fifth issue. I don't know where it goes from here. Honestly. Um, but it yeah, had good, a... yeah. Wow. So, less great transition. <laughs> Put the balls in your core, Chris.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But I, it's one of those that rain is now one of those things I have to pick up and trade because, hey, I miss. I, I hate missing the beginning and then trying to catch up, and sometimes you can't because. Books like image books tend to disappear from comic book shelves and all that good stuff. So it's, yeah. it's something I'm interested in. So, um, yeah. So as, as I transition to yell at DC slash applaud them, um, <laughs> that's a transition. Anyway, wow. Um, so, yeah, DC, flashpoint beyond number zero. So, A, clearly this month is put the word beyond in the middle of a DC comic book month. Um, but I want to talk about flashpoint beyond because we are revisiting the continuity issues that are within the DC comic book universe. But it also is finally, cause we have to back up slightly doomsday clock was supposed to be like this major thing that occurred. And The needle moved during Doomsday Clock as this, you know, post-Watchmen. It was a rebirth story of how all these universes somehow touch. It technically connected the Watchmen universe to the writ large universe, which means that Alan Moore is shaking his fist in the middle of a forest somewhere in Great Britain. No, Alan Um, Moore
1: is doing a (laughs) BBC masterclass on how to tell stories. That's what Alan Moore
0: is doing. Yes, but he's still shaking his fist at every time DC tries to do things to his beloved Watchmen. Um, but yes, he is doing a master class, and th- that, that's equally entertaining to me because um, the dude is wild. But here we are. So it also ties back to the original Flashpoint. Um, and let's just say the point to all of this is it's all Barry Allen's fault. End of story. Let's go home. Um, right? I covered it. We're good yeah um, Yeah. basically um so dc is continuing to tell the story of what's actually quote unquote going on so it's the self-explaining uh navel gazing of what is actually dc continuity what is not dc continuity and um shark jumped let's do this um we have the back and forth of the original Flashpoint of Thomas Wayne, of Bruce's father, in the alternate universe doing some investigative stuff um, that is more aware of the changes in the writ large universe and that his his son, who is Batman in the other world. Look, this is going to be confusing, so just YouTube this stuff later, okay? Uh, <laughs> uh, and is... Re-putting on the cowl in the Flashpoint universe to, you know, detective some stuffs with his with his gun because that's how he rolls in the Flashpoint universe. Um, but then on the other side of the the universe we see Bruce with the Mime and the Marionette from uh, doomsday clock, and they're working towards some stuffs. But end of the day, here's the thing. We get Batman's chalkboard of, of infinite realities or crises or insert terminology here. It literally and, looks
1: like a scene straight out of 52, by the way.
0: Right? Um, and on one version of this chalkboard, we see 5G with a thing crossed through it. So, like, DC hardcore leaning into this, we have averted the 5G timeline. Um, But at what end, guys? (laughs) At what end? And so, for those of you that don't know, that was what was supposed to come after Rebirth. And unofficially slash quasi-officially is why Dan Didio lost his job, um, supposedly. Um, And where a lot of the Future State stuff came from, but Future State then didn't become... The replacement but a parallel and that places us here in a thing called and I'm should I apologize for this now or later but anyway <laughs> we are at what DC is now referring to as the divine continuum I'm going to let that sink in for a second the divine continuum also known as The DC.
1: Oh, I didn't even get that. Boo. (laughs) Boo. Boo with me. Boo. Bro. Congratulations to the five people that got the rent reference, but yes.
0: Right. Um, Oh, Oh, no, guys. Oh, no. So... So under the divine section, we see what is supposedly what we've come, most of us have come to accept as continuity, the metaverse, the multiverse, the dark metal stuff, all of that falls under that. And then there's kind of some future statey slash other stuff that falls under the continuum. It's not explained. It's literally a chalkboard and it's the rest of us nerds out here kind of trying to read between the lines until they literally poke us in the chest and tell us, but what it mostly feels like is what they've already said but now they're kind of doubling down on which is everything falls in a continuum somewhere. Some of those things are the continuity that Legacy is used to. Some of those are just cool stories told with these pieces of information and characters that we know and love but are literally just their instances in isolation. Um. So You know, looking at that list, like the Murphy verse technically falls on the continuum side versus continuity. Um, Some of the future state stuff falls in there. Things that have been in Black Label that are one-offs kind of fall over there. So cool stories, but technically don't impact continuity. Um, I don't know. I feel like we're re-explaining the same thing or we're preparing to unexplain it all again. Because remember, this Flashpoint Beyond story or Flashpoint continued story is being told literally a month out from the death of Justice League in Justice League 75, which is going to set up um, the Dark Crisis. Dark Crisis, right? I'm losing track of what the crises are. This is where we're at, fam. <laughs> um, Did you see the Dark Crisis also is DC? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Mine is an evil laugh.
0: (laughs) I quit. (laughs) So look, um, there's a lot going on in DC continuity, and yes, it's confusing. Let let, let me just
1: say one thing. I do think that the most interesting thing about Flashpoint Beyond Zero is that you have a character that is fully aware that his timeline just changed back.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, no. And and that's why it's on my list is, look, there there are downsides to this, but there's also there's a lot going on here that okay, I want to I want to see it play out. But ultimately it's Barry's fault and Thomas Wayne clearly figured has a feeling about that and um stuff happens. You 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 sh- you should pick it up just to see what what Thomas does because um that happened. Martha Yeah. Well, there's also, we also get, we also get the reminder that, um, that, that Bruce's mommy in, in Thomas Wayne continuity is the Joker and you're welcome. Um, and whoo. Yeah. Family, family reunions on the other side are kind of, um, oops. Um, so yeah. Uh, Flashpot Beyond Zero. Uh, the rest of my polls are slightly happier by comparison, sort of. Yeah. Um, but also not so seven secrets number 16 um yep seven secrets is still great still pretty still crazy um like i said last time we're starting to learn that a lot of the secrets aren't necessarily random things in these briefcases that people have carried around but actual angels and or demons or really we don't know what the good version is but we know that one of the things turned into a demon so congrats um and that our main uh, protagonist was one of the secrets um, as well. But we find out that he isn't really at his mature secret power, um, I guess is a way to say it. Uh, and, well, he has a really bad day at the end of <laughs> issue 16. Uh, apparently, yep, no, at least two of, of my things end with <laughs> significant characters having a bad day at the end. Um, so Seven Secrets is careening towards what feels like a conclusion. Um, so if you've been along the ride for this long, you, you should keep reading. I, it, I don't think it is anywhere near what I thought it would be at the beginning, but it's still been a fun journey. So pick it up and read it. My next one is from the Dark Horse Comicses, and it's Radio Spaceman number two. I told you about Radio Spaceman number one um, and that it was just a crazy, very old-school, pulpy comic um, space-time adventure, and, well, it ends as a very pulpy, crazy space-time adventure with not just crazy space-time adventures and crazy kaijus on alien planets and rescue missions, but also vampires, and you're welcome. Um, Yeah, if any of those words sound interesting, then this is your jam. If any of those words are highly confusing and don't belong in the same sentence, this is not your jam. Um, but I just love it because it is just that really neat, old school, very pulpy, very colorful. None of this makes sense yet. I'm still following the story. Cool. Kind of thing. And I like it when comics sometimes just disconnect and that's what we get. And it's only a two part story. So too easy to jump in and enjoy. And then my final, which should come to absolutely no one's um, surprise, is Moon Knight number 10. Moon Knight continues his utter insanity in the current run. Um, there's some reveals. Some stuff happens. And Moon Knight does what Moon Knight does when things get revealed, and he punches things in the face and murderizes, because, you know, that's, a, that's, that's the default setting of Moon Knight. <laughs> Uh, the fist of Konshu is going to beat things in the face. So, you know, Batman beats things in the face for DC. Moon Knight is the, hey, do you need that thing puncherized? Because I am here and I got you, fam. Um, but Moon Knight 10 also is kind of a culmination of a lot of the what felt like random character visitations are back. And he has resolved kind of what I feel is kind of the true resolution of the first arc of this particular version of Moon Knight. And... Um, the Midnight Mission and being the Fist of Konshu. So it's, you know, if you're watching the show, the current run is going to be confusing as all get out. Um, if you're watching the show, you need to pick up the little mirror run and you will feel much more at home with what's going on. Um, well, see, that's but, useful information for the people. Oh, I, I, I feel so. That if I had not said that before, that yes, if you're, if no, you're watching we've not the not said that. <laughs> the Moon Knights, um, it is definitely... There's, I mean, there's a lot of throwbacks to a lot of things like Marvel does, but the main-ish story really is a good chunk of Lemire's run, um, which made me happy inside because, like, everything down to the Mr. Knight suit and and lots of stuff in the back and forth there, um, Yeah. And everyone that really, really, really thought that he was fighting um, werewolf from werewolf by night, and then he literally says, No, that's a jackal. Yeah, that's important. Because the jackals and Ahmet and everything is pretty much kind of the core of the Lemire run. And so, yeah, there's your freebie. Because knowledge is power. The more you know, that kind of stuff. You are listening to the Poll Podcast.
2: This week in Nerd History, the hunt for Nessie. Nerd History. In 1933, George Spicer went for a drive with his wife through the Scottish Highlands. The couple saw a large, unfamiliar creature pass in front of their car and disappear into nearby Loch Ness. They later described the creature as having a huge body with no limbs and a long neck. A few weeks later, a motorcyclist made similar claims, describing a prehistoric marine creature with four large fins and a long neck. These reported sightings sparked excitement among the general public and drew many more visitors to the lake, hoping to catch a sight of what would soon be dubbed the Loch Ness Monster. But was it real? In November of that year, the first piece of photographic evidence emerged. A blurry, streaked photo that kind of appeared to show the shape of a long-necked animal in the water. However, many people also said it looked more like a dog with a big stick in its mouth. However, a few months later, on April 21, 1934, the Daily Mail published what is arguably the most famous picture of the monster. Known as the Surgeon's Photograph, the photo was reportedly made by a doctor named Robert Kenneth Wilson. The photograph depicts the trademark long neck of Nessie emerging from rippling water. For decades, believers and critics debated the authenticity of this photograph with a myriad of theories about its subject. This photo and the tales behind it brought hundreds to Loch Ness that year, thousands more in the years to come. In fact, even to this day, Nessie fans come in hopes to spot the elusive creature. Of course, there's a reason why no one has gotten another photo. Because even this one was suspect when you really saw the whole thing. The Daily Mail cropped the photo for publication, but the full photo greatly reduces the size appearance compared to the water, to where it's Seems that it's only a couple feet long. In 1994, Christopher Sperling verified the photograph was a hoax by admitting his involvement in its production. Sperling was the stepson of Marmaduke Weatherall, a famed big game hunter who had been hired in 1933 by the Daily Mail to find the Loch Ness Monster. After getting caught in a hoax faking giant footprints, Weatherall, hoping to restore his credibility, enlisted Sperling's help to create a model of the monster's neck and place it on a toy submarine. Robert Kenneth Wilson was chosen to give the photograph to the media because of his trusted reputation as a doctor. Though the photo is not proof of a monster in Loch Ness, it does stand as an important part of photo history and serves as a reminder of photography's fickle relationship with the truth. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more news. Up, nerd, are you enjoying this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Tune in to LTN
0: Radio for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie 24 7. Not to mention a whole network of podcasts, shows, specials, and shorts, many of which air on LTN Radio before they're available anywhere else. Join us
1: at LTNONAir.com to see our schedule, stream our station, and download our app.
0: You are listening to The Pull List Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Murad, part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. So let's wrap out this bad boy with the number one that you had to take home. And you said that you were on the female lead and the Marvel slash independent run. So what you got?
1: So uh, if you are aware, there is a man in the comic book world named Jim Starlin
0: yeah we've um, heard of that guy
1: yeah i've I've had the pleasure of being in Jim's presence many a time and uh he is also a a favorite of comic creators like even if oh, yeah. readers right now don't know who he is uh in some ways and I'll say that with shade, but not the average kid picking up pulls knows who Jim Starlin is these days right. um you have heard of a Thanos before yeah oh, yeah. yeah. But, you know, they only know Josh Brolin, Thanos, bro. Um, Fair. Fair, right? Um, But uh, he is, you know, a comics legend. He put out an independent one-shot book with Aftershock. Like, no before, no after. Um, And it's basically the story of a, and I, I say this with no shade, but it's it's basically just poison ivy um uh but not for legal reasons um but it's <laughs> it's what would happen if uh poison ivy you got to watch her entire life play out ah uh, so right
0: <laughs> so similar yet legally distinct got it
1: yeah uh so it's a woman who realizes early on that she has control over plant life and uh like uses it to as a child kill her abusive foster people oh dang and then um basically she goes on a serial killer uh romantic life story Oh, by the way it's called Midnight Rose I didn't even say the title um, and for for uh, discrepancy and discretion uh, there are aren't many covers of this that are PG they may not be R but they are also not you know like hey I'm going to put a picture of this on my Instagram either um, uh, there's not a ton of nudity in the book but it is like very implied um, but uh, but it's it also doesn't feel like ooh this is dirty it's just like she had a, pl- a naked plant lady. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, so, but it's her pursuing romantic relationships. And anytime a dude remotely disrespects her, she turns them into a plant and lets them biodegrade and throw, be thrown away. Okay. So like, she's <laughs> like, and so you've got cops, um, chasing her down like because they think she's a serial killer and to the point where she actually gets caught and then she like straight uh, has a tree nearby the police station just like straight up murder all the police
0: <laughs> whoa okay
1: um, and then she like finds a new dude who is actually really good to her and the love of her life and they have a nice life and it plays out well She does a little dirt for him just to keep him from being arrested. Uh, But they have a nice life. It plays out well. And then uh, she when he dies, she doesn't want to keep living the way that she's living. So she uh, wraps herself in the trunk of a tree that like engulfs her and like implants her into the earth. And like just she basically turns herself into a tree trunk. And through that, the story ends with like, uh, I don't know what time span went on it, but like uh, four new roots sprouted up and eventually turned into new versions of her of different stylings. Hmm. So like generations later, I don't know, but it's like literally a slice of life. Like Aftershock's been doing these little one shot books uh, that are like horror slices of life that honestly would be stuff you would see on Tales from the Crypt. Mm. Um, cause they did one with a, a tattoo story that I really loved, uh, last year. Maybe I don't remember what it was called, but, uh, they did a tattoo story that was a single aftershock. So this was, mm. this was like the murderous love life of Pamela Isley without being <laughs> Pamela Isley and Jim Starlin doing, it. it looks like some straight old school art and stuff too. So, uh, nice. it, for, for a one shot, it was a fun read. And there was some good dialogue about relationships and stuff in it.
0: Cool. What's your uh, number one? My Christopher? number one from the – ooh. Um, from – If you fancy. The, if you fancy. From the worlds of the Image Comicses, um, I am recommending Breakout number 1 as a entirely less murdery um, image option. Oh, yeah, well, you know, um, not everyone and not everything can be insert yourself into dreamception and just murderize everything to make bad things go away. Slumber is still going to be cool. Can't wait. Um, anyway, uh, breakout number one. So uh, the aliens showed up. Not Congrats. the aliens. Yep they they, they showed up and uh, they showed up in board cubes. I mean cubes. Um, Those aliens. So yeah, wildly. they're they're crazy, and for whatever reason. Everyone basically went cool. So, these it was a very specific number 200 and something cubes showed up, don't communicate. And then at night, they basically just start shooting out robots that go and um, kidnap basically teenagers through young 20 somethings and take them up to the cubes. And nobody knows why. And it just kind of randomly happens. And I saw this episode of Doctor Who, right? And literally, the power
1: of three. Doctor Who season seven.
0: Well, let's let's keep let me keep talking and we can find out how much closer. Okay. Um, so this is life that, you know, the, the robots come, they steal the people, they go to, up to the cubes and everyone's like, cool, this is this is our life now. Um, question mark. Um, and the story focuses on a person who's in high school and whose brother had been taken. And they're like. One of the things they talk about their relationship with their brother is that they love stars and heist movies and building stuff. Um, this is important because he gets his brother gets taken by, you know, the robot alien people up to the cube. And he's like, cool, I'm going to do something about it. And he goes hackerizing onto the dark webs and finds all these conspiracy um, videos about, um, you know looking at all this independent research of the cubes, um, the cubes aren't alien. They're, they're human. They, they come from here. Um, but nobody believes me. Here, here's your tinfoil hat. Um, but anyway, he he basically finds his way through it, major plot hole moment, um, manages to buy one of the flying robots and reprogram it, which indirectly proves that it's human, I guess? Um, they, they don't spend a lot of time on that. Just the plot point of he went to the dark web, find out that crazy the people think that, that, right, you know, the place next to the light web. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, goes out on super illegal Twitter and finds some folks that have one of the, the droid robot things, reprograms it, puts together a heist team, and they're starting to lay out the heist because they're going to a cube to break him out. Um. see what happened there breakout got it mm-hmm. good Um. so aliens not aliens possibly human don't know why they're stealing the kids but a wily group of um teenagers are going to ride a hijacked robot to get not captured but captured to be able to heist the breakout cube to find his brother and you know what it's just crazy enough that I'm like yeah I'm in okay that's simple enough good um because i kind of want to know how that ends and sometimes like i said earlier that's all i want from comics so good job you did it you did it image you gave me a story that i'm like i feel like i've heard this story before but i have a feeling it's gonna be different
1: well i let me let me uh change my statement it's uh doctor who season seven the power of three and the <laughs> season finale of doctor who season three Literally, literally those stories combined make this Captain Planet, and that's where you you got just (laughs) what you just said.
0: Oh, that makes sense. And, I mean, there is the age-old adage of there is nothing new under the sun, just told slightly differently, but we shall see. Um, So, breakout number one, Image Comics, uh, for your conspiracy heist movie, and Midnight Rose number one for not Poison Ivy's life story.
1: Yes, for the uh, the
0: Kmart poison ivy life. Nailed <laughs> it. Well, that's going to do it for us here at the Pull List Podcast. Episode 69 is now in the books and in your ears. But we couldn't in possibly your do this alone. Because yep. we don't taste it's...
1: as good as we sound.
0: Ooh, okay. That Yep, that's probably <laughs> true. Um, <laughs> you should not clean your earbuds with your mouth is definitely good, solid oh, advice disgusting. from... From the, po- from the Polis podcast. So, um. And as you know, we, we, we couldn't do this alone. Um, we have lots of other nerdy friends and weird friends like us that do amazing podcasts on different nerdy topics over on the Love Thy Nerd podcast network. So be sure to visit lovethynerd.com for more info, previous episodes, and maybe find yourselves a new show to add to your nerdy routine. Uh, Hector and I do, from the bottom of our hearts, want to thank each of you for choosing us as your primary comic book knowledge factory on a near weekly basis. We've been doing pretty good this season, just gonna say that uh so oh, don't we've, leave we've us been hanging time. We we've been we've done the thing we've made the podcast
1: and thank you uh, uh radio matt uh for
0: holding radio it down matt. and uh i think bubba too for that one episode as well yep, yep. So. so our our, our producer raiders uh help us to do things so seriously help us and them feel like we're doing doing the good stuff and rate and review the show um on your favorite podcasting app of choice um give us them five stars uh because we're worth it um so check us out itunes spotify stitcher radio so many more if we're not there tell us we'll we'll put it there because we have we have the technology and people like radio matt and bubba to help us with these things so thanks for listening and remember kids read more more comics
1: This is the game of risk.
0: The master of epic duels. I can feel your.